0: Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Hormonal Mama Podcast. I am your host, Kara Drescher, and today on the show, I am talking with Natalie Reinfeld, coach, yoga instructor, and master's candidate in transpersonal psychology and consciousness studies. We are talking all about anxiety and burnout, and some things that you can do to help yourself when you start feeling burnout setting in. We are also talking about a lot of other really interesting things like earthing. We are also talking about her dream dinner party, which includes an alien. So you will want to sit back, relax, and listen to this one. Hi, Natalie. Welcome to the show today. I'm really excited to have you here with me. Thank you.
1: I'm super excited to be here as
0: well. (laughs) I'm so, so glad. There's so much to talk about. You know, I've been thinking a lot lately about some of the work that you do in regards to anxiety. And it's just made me so much even more excited to interview you because I think anxiety is such an important topic. I've dealt with anxiety my entire life. And it's hard. It's really, really hard. And I think it's a beautiful thing to be able to coach people through that, the the difficulties, you know, because anxiety can be so complicated and it, it can be so hard to find the right support, the right resources, and really the right ways to help yourself. And so I just think it's really exciting that that is kind of, I mean, I know you do a, a lot in your coaching, but I know that that is your main focus. And I'm just really excited to talk about that. So, before I even before we even talk about anxiety and all that you do with anxiety, I would really love to know your story a bit about how you got into coaching, you know, what brought you to this wonderful world of coaching. Yeah, sure.
1: Thanks. And first, I want to say I love your ex- excitement about
0: anxiety because it is something
1: that so many men and women face in the country and in the world and a lot of people don't even know how to diagnose it and um, that's part of my journey too I just kind of stuffed it away Um, but we can go into that so (laughs) it's it's, uh, something I'm super passionate about now because it really changed my life once I learned how to work with it and um, all that so yeah so I guess my journey to become a coach from a young age I definitely was interested in teaching and I felt like I had a big passion for personal development. I mean, I didn't know it at the time, but I was like obsessed with The Secret. I was reading this book called The Happiness Advantage by Sean Aker. And so the positive thinking uh, mindset was something that was right up my alley because I thought mind over matter, this is great. With The Secret, it's like, oh my gosh, I can manifest anything I want if I can believe in myself. Oh well, right. which like, <laughs> it's <a long-term> <laughs> yeah. uh, and and then yeah. in when I studied abroad, I took a it was a philosophy of psychology class. It was kind of a mix between Western psychology and Eastern philosophy. And so yeah, I was I was always interested in this world, but I just didn't know what it would look like for me. Mm-hmm. And so I went through my career and. At one of my later jobs, I ended up at a fitness app company, and I was on the founding team and had the opportunity to become a manager of the customer service team. And then from there, manager of our whole backend support team. And then I moved to VP of operations, where I was managing uh, like 30 people. So, so yeah. So I realized, like, I mean, the job there is there's pros and cons to every job. But one thing I really really enjoyed was managing people and helping people and seeing how I can, could manage or talk to them to get their strengths out, point out their weaknesses in a way that would be productive. And a lot of people on my team ended up doing really well. And, and one girl, she wasn't doing well under another boss, but then after working with her, um, she ended up excelling very far at the company. And I think it's just, um, it just showed me that this is something I naturally had some skills in, not to say I was a I mean, I was a natural coach in a way, but I just didn't know what that would look like for me. So, at that job, I was—I was kind of a workaholic. I mean, work hard, play hard was my mentality, mm-hmm. as you can imagine. At a startup, it was like, let's make money, let's get that IPO, like, yeah, you know, uh-huh. get this, whatever. You wanna, <laughs> we want to make, we want to make bank, and so work hard and play hard. So during that time, I was drinking a lot of coffee, kind of partying, um, you know, wanting to get everything done on my to-do list. And the roller coaster that you go through when you're getting investments from, you know, other firms, it can be really intense. And so there was some times where we just didn't know what the next few months would look like. And that caused me a lot of anxiety because I was pouring my heart into this job. And I definitely tied my self-worth to my work and didn't really Have much of a life outside of my my office because everyone at the office was also my friend, and so it was just my entire world. So basically, when I was there, I was reaching a point where I had all these chest pains. I didn't know like what was wrong with me. I didn't feel confident in my job. I felt like I had um, it was really hard for me to focus. I was taking ADD medication for probably ten years up until that point, and so. I was using that as a crutch basically because I didn't feel confident enough to get everything I wanted to done. And then one day a coach did a workshop for office and he was a friend of a friend. And after hearing what he did at this workshop and we talked about responsibility and what that means and being responsible for your feelings and your ability to respond, I just remember I was like, I feel like I could use this because it just seems really useful. And this guy seems really down to earth and chill. And let me just see where that takes me. And it opened up a Pandora's box of uncomfortable emotions, um, the root cause of my anxiety, and forced me to think about the person that I really wanted to be. So after that and after working with him, I was able to get rid of these chest pains that I had. I had chronic laryngitis and that went away because I started taking care of myself. I kicked my a d d medication addiction for good, and yeah, all of this was, magical, like with a coach, and I thought if anyone i mean if anyone could do if I could do it, anyone could do it, and also, like I can't believe how much pain I was living in, and it was just this whole fictional reality essentially that I had painted to put me into this world, and so that's when I knew that coaching was something I wanted to pursue it took me a few years to get the confidence still you know to pursue it but now that i'm here i'm i'm so happy that i'm doing this it's been
0: incredibly
1: fulfilling and i i just can't wait to see where this journey takes me so
0: that is such an awesome story you know because i think it's just so gosh it's so common to get caught up in that workaholic attitude i know i i have struggled with that my entire adult life. I'm a workaholic. It's ridiculous. I mean, I'm sitting here interviewing you and I've got like a hundred different notebooks in front of me with a million things to do. Yeah. Um, but I think <laughs> it's it right. But I think it's just so incredibly amazing to hear that you you found a way to overcome it and say, you know what? I'm gonna help other people overcome the same battle. Cause anxiety is a battle. Mm-hmm. It's tough. You know, and there were two things that you said that I wanted to um well, one I want to ask you about and one I want to comment on. The first one, you said you studied abroad. Where did you study abroad? In London. London. Yeah. Uh, I was in London once and that was 30 years ago. I was 10. And it was the most amazing thing ever. And I'm like, I'd like to go back there someday. And I know I have a a friend who studied abroad in London in college and she loved it. Mm -hmm. And I just, I love hearing people's stories about, you know, studying abroad because I think that's such an amazing opportunity to have. Yes. It's so much easier to do When you're young,
1: God opens up so many doors and widens your perspectives. And it's, yeah,
0: totally. I just think that is the coolest thing. The other thing I wanted to uh, touch on, you were talking about ADHD and that has a very, very special place in my heart, I was diagnosed with ADHD when I was 13 and I haven't been on medication since my teenage years. And it, it always moves me when I hear other women who have, again, I can't quite think of the right wording, have sort of fought against it and been able to change their lives so they don't have to be on medication, especially with something like ADHD, which Mm -hmm. is craziness in my humble opinion, but that, that I think is really, really cool. And I just wanted to to comment on that and say how awesome I think that is to be able to change your life in a way that you don't need to rely on it Thank you, or use it as a crutch. Like you said, I mean, because- face it. That's what a lot of us do.
1: Yeah. I think it's just finding what would hold your interest, you know, and then keeping with it.
0: And I think yeah, a lot for sure. of
1: people just get discouraged really easily. And so then they just quit. And yep. I don't want to say that, like, I don't know enough about the ADD or ADHD disorder. I think for some people, medications could really help, but I think many people are taking medications because they just don't, feel like they would be productive without it. And that was my case. And I know there's so many other people that are in the same spot. So Mm -hmm. if you're out there listening, and this is resonating with you, um, like you can, you can do this, and you can totally be productive without it.
0: I love that message. I do. I'm I'm just, it's powerful. It's a powerful message. And I think that's great. Um, Let's talk a little bit about how you work with women to overcome anxiety. And particularly, you know, it's not just anxiety, it's that burnout that you were talking about, you know, burnout is so real. And, you know, I think people don't always see it until it happens. And it hits you like a ton of bricks. You know, I, I've spent my 20, almost 20 years of my adult life, um, working as a a licensed massage therapist. And that's a job where you can, physically burn yourself out really quick. And even though it's kind of different concept, it's really not, you know, physical burnout, emotional burnout, they go hand in hand, Mm -hmm. you know, it's really not like separate is is kind of what I'm saying. So I'd love to talk to you a little bit about that and hear how you help women through this struggle of anxiety and or burnout. Do Do you help with both? Do you help with one or the other? You know, tell me a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, I think it's definitely tied together because I feel like for me, anxiety was a big part of me burning out because I was so stressed about work. And Mm -hmm. I think what happens with burnout is you just put everything into work and you don't have the balance. You don't have, you can't find meaning in the work and other things, I think as Mm -hmm. well, or you're just in it, in this grind and in this like hamster wheel and (laughs) you know and you're just gonna keep doing things because you feel like you have to work all the time and so that's what that's what leads to burnout is when you don't have um when when you're just exhausted all the time if you feel fatigued if you don't feel like you have a life outside of work and it is draining you to just go to the office every day then I think that's when you know like you need to change something because if you keep going down that path like for me, I had chest pains. And when I went to the doctor they and did a t- chest x ray, they were like, I don't see anything. So maybe it's just nothing. And I was like, OK. And they said, maybe you're drinking too much coffee. And I said, maybe, but I don't think so. Even though I was drinking like a cold brew and like a oh. coffee every day.
0: Oh um, oh. so, so, yeah. Hey, I love coffee, but I know I can't, I can't drink regular coffee anymore, Yeah, but I, I totally understand what you're saying there.
1: Yeah. So I think, I mean, diet's a part of helping people with anxiety or just installing healthy habits and taking breaks throughout the day. Um, but the process that oh, I yeah. kind of go through with clients is getting them really clear on their vision. Like, who do you want to be? What values do you want to embody? And what do you want your life to look like in your ideal world? what type of person would you be? And what would you be doing? Because that's kind of like the compass that will take you from where you are now to where you want to be. And you can start embodying those qualities today. And so that's like major to my coaching sessions, because without it, then you can try like bandaid solutions, or I can tell you to meditate and visualize, but if you don't know what you're striving for, then you're just gonna go back to the same habits. So
0: I think that is so important. And and I really like that you do that because I think it's very important to really figure out essentially who you want to be. Yeah. What do you want out of this life? You only get one of these, mm-hmm. you know, and it's not fair to spend so much of it so stressed and so anxious that you can't enjoy your life. And you right here are such a prime example of enjoying your life and doing something that you love, there's always going to be a little bit of stress in life, you know, and sometimes there's going to be extreme stress because that's just life. But living constantly with that extreme stress all the time, that's not going to help you get anywhere in life. And I I, I just love that you take the time to work with people to really Figure it out because that's the key. I, I and you're you're totally right. What you said, it's it's great to have all these tools and all of these exercises and support um, resources and things. But if you don't know what you want your life to look like, they're not going to help you. Those things are are just not going to get you where you want to go. They might calm you down in the moment. Yeah. So I I just I love that. That's a part of you know the work that you do. Yeah. yeah. Something else I really wanted to ask you about. your mission because you know I I love what you do but I read your mission and your mission says that you have a mission to help heal humanity so we can heal the planet Mm -hmm. and I that has stuck with me that has really stuck in my mind and I would really I want to hear more about that because I think that's a really unique mission the way it's worded is so touching really So so tell me a little bit more about it.
1: Thank you. Yeah. So basically, from a young age also, I've really loved animals and the planet. I think mostly all children do. You know, they love to hang out with animals and be outside and be in nature. Animals
0: are pretty great. (laughs) Yeah.
1: And that's like our natural state to be connected with the earth. And I went through a period from college until honestly just recently and I'm still very much into sustainability but I like was very passionate about okay how can I like change laws um to get there to be like less plastic consumption or like I have to tell people to use less plastic I have to tell people about the dangers of um of oil and I need to take more public transportation and I have to use more renewables and like I'm going to do this and I'm going to be like zero waste. And, you know, which I think is very important. However, what I realized, especially after going through um, this inner work and recently I had like another epiphany, but those are all kind of like band-aids to the problem, right? Like I could use no plastic. I could take the bus everywhere. I could walk everywhere. um, And still there will be pollution or oil spills or, you know, these other like forest fires, because we need to help change the beliefs and mindset of the people in charge. Because if we don't do that and we don't change the beliefs and attitudes of everyone else who is like working for those companies or just thinks that, you know, it's a lost cause. So I'm just going to throw like my trash in the river. Mm -hmm. Then it it doesn't matter like if, you know, how little I use or we can get other people to use less because those companies are still going to be producing. Um, right, you know, I mean, you're totally right, yeah, so that's like I read this book last summer, and it really helped like hammer in what I wanted to do because I was debating whether I wanted to go and get a green m b a which means that you can um basically get an m b a and focus on sustainability mm. or oh, cool, yeah, which is like really great. um there's a lot of cool programs out there that have this mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then. I was also looking to get my master's in psychology or just go down the clinical route or right now I'm pursuing my master's in transpersonal psychology and consciousness studies. So, wow. Yeah. that's so cool. It's amazing. The subject matter just totally lit me up. And after I read this book, I was like, okay, this is how we can change the world. And I know that humans are meant to live in connection with the earth, like so many benefits to earthing. I don't know if you've heard of earthing before. Mm-mm. Basically, just the process of like putting your feet on the ground for twenty to forty minutes helps reduce inflammation dramatically in your body. It takes bare feet, just bare feet. Yeah, bare feet. I like being barefoot. <laughs> yeah, bare feet on the earth or on the sand, and helps reduce inflammation, helps reduce anxiety. There's so many benefits to being in nature, like um inspiring awe in in someone, and just overall feeling. I don't want to say happier, but just you know better and more fulfilled and so yeah that's that's my mission is to like help people see the beauty of the world and the beauty that we have and the power that we have like within us and mm-hmm. that if we all work together for example like we could help um CEOs pivot companies or like CEOs of companies might not be scared to pivot because they would have faith that they could turn it around or the people at the lower end jobs then they wouldn't be scared that they would become obsolete because they would know that they could learn something else and there would be another job for them that would be much more fulfilling so uh, I just thought pretty deeply about this and because I was like a kind of a pivoting point in my career and I was like no this is how I can do both and I'm planting trees like with you know 10% of my income that I make and that's like a big part of my mission I want to do more events outside because I just think it's um it's huge to our well-being so
0: I'm very moved by that because I think that having that connection to our beautiful planet and taking care of it is so oh parallel if you will for lack of better word to caring for ourselves our beautiful selves and and making sure that we are hate to use the phrase in the best shape possible, because people misinterpret what I mean by that. And I'm not talking about best physical shape. I mean, in general. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's part of nipping anxiety in the bud, if you will, and taking care of this beautiful earth that we inhabit. I mean, how can you not be moved by, by all of that? I, I think that's lovely. And I like earthing. I've never heard of this. I'm like, I need to look into this because that is right up my alley. (laughs) I love, I'm a barefoot person. I do not like wearing shoes. I avoid shoes whenever possible. And outside I'm always like shoes, no shoes, shoes, no shoes. What do I do? I don't know what to do. And now I'm like, okay, here's a good opportunity. No shoes. I need to try this out. I think that's a really, really cool thing that I can't believe I've never heard of. (laughs) Yeah. I
1: just want to add one thing. There was a study with this lady, she had a baby who had colic, I think, and they just wouldn't stop crying. And the moment that she went outside with her baby on the earth, holding her baby, the baby was like soothed within a minute or two. And so, and so she, she started a lot of other studies because she's like, wait, why is this happening? Like anytime I go outside with my baby in my arms and they're, they're crying, they're 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 actually, they feel much better. Um, so yeah.
0: Wow, that is that's really really cool. I mean, I I just I'm I'm astounded that I've never heard of this because it seems like something <laughs> I should know. <laughs> so thank you for educating me and our audience. That's <laughs> very very exciting. Um so I'd like to change pace here for a couple of minutes. This is I have a couple of questions that I like to ask all of my guests. They're really fun. They're questions that I just enjoy. I I really <laughs> really do. And my audience is probably like, Oh, here we go. Here are the questions. So my first question, they're, they're two similar, but different questions. First one is who are three people who've had the most influence on you in your life? Okay. I'm
1: going to say four.
0: Oh, Five, go for it. Yeah. Four, 50, whatever you got.
1: One, yeah. 800. <laughs> well, I have to say my mom and my dad, I guess for obvious reasons, but like, I'm so grateful for what they instilled in me. My mom, taught me a lot of grit and you know just getting the work done um sticking to commitments and kind of the the toughness that I definitely needed later in life in my career and my dad was kind of the opposite and he taught me that to not take life so seriously and like you have to have fun also and it's like don't get so caught up or bogged down by what what's happening because it's life is beautiful. So yeah. Oh, what a great
0: balance. Yeah, it was That's so it was cool. Really good
1: balance that sometimes they're, I mean, I think they're they're kind of extreme opposites, but it was it was I, like, I get that. I yeah. can relate to that. <laughs> yeah, but it was, I felt really lucky or I still feel really lucky to have them. Yeah. And then the other two people, Charles Eisenstein or Eisenstein, he wrote the book The More Beautiful World or Hard to Know Is Possible. And while the title sounds a little bit cheesy, that book totally changed my perspective on life. And that kind of helped me decide that I'm going to get my master's in transpersonal psychology. I really believe that, um, that we are all connected through the relationships with each other and the earth is what connects us. And so does just relationships with like me to you, me to like this guy on the street. It's just between humans and animals and that's what connects us all. And so he goes into um, this principle, which I'll just touch on briefly, but it's called "The Story of Separation," and that's what a lot of people are living in now. like they don't have an impact on the world, they're separate from someone else. and so like, if I take something from them, then they feel like there's nothing left, and like there's no way that they can get it back. And it's just like the story of scarcity and separation. And then he introduces the story of interbeing, which is kind of what I spoke about. Um, just that we're all connected, and his approach is very logical and science backed and he like really thinks through every argument a skeptic could make, so mm-hmm. it's a nice change from the woo um
0: I like that, yeah, I'll have to check it out yeah. Yeah. And then
1: the last book that I'll briefly mention is um or the last person is Don Miguel Ruse He wrote the book The Four Agreements, and that also
0: I know that book,
1: yeah, it's amazing book and I recommend it to pretty much everyone I work with and beyond because <laughs> it's something you can read over and over. It's super simple, but there is a yes. of wisdom in there.
0: Love it. I love wisdom. And I, and there's another book that he wrote. I, I don't, I, I can't remember the name of it that I read when I was younger. I, I think I was in my early twenties. Sounds about right. I, I wish I could remember the name of it and it's in storage right now. Um, Matt. but of love or that's the one Mastery of love thank you that was the book and I I still owe a lot of changes I made in my life at that time to that book and I've heard the four agreements so many times in my life and I've always been like read the mastery of love I need to read this one too the mm-hmm. mastery of love I don't even remember I think that was recommended to me by by uh by someone but again this is close to 20 years ago so it's hard to remember but I just was so Like, well, that title—what does that even mean? And when I got into this book, I was like, "This isn't really what I was expecting, but in a good way." And I just know the Four Agreements. Man, I can't believe it's been this many years, and I still haven't gotten around to that one. So you're just another reminder (laughs) keeps coming up in my life. I'm like, okay, Kara, it's time—you must read it. Well, those are those are some awesome um, influential people. You know, I, I always love hearing people's answers to that question because it's so commonly that people feel that influence from their parents and that it just touches me I I love hearing that um my other question is a similar one and this one's maybe a little on the silly side but I enjoy this question I've asked myself this question and it's really fun so it is if you could have and I, I say dinner party but it doesn't have to be a dinner party it can be whatever activity you enjoy not everybody likes dinner parties um, so if you could have a dinner party or whatever with three people and these people can be anyone from history, they could be anyone in the future doesn't matter to me, they don't have to be real, they can be fictional, you, you can know them, you don't have to know them. Um, they don't have to be people, they can be some other being it doesn't matter I, I just it really makes your brain kind of go, oh gosh, this is a lot to think about. Yeah, and then once like, so you get them, like, are Other, otherworldly beings, this is just totally changes the game. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Right. I, I should have probably included that. <laughs> I, I throw this question at people and they're always like, wait, what? I don't yeah. know if people. I'm like, yeah, throw a Muppet or, you know, do you like fairies. I don't Millions, know. Anything. Whatever. I yeah. put a, when I answered these questions, I put a dragonfly at my dinner table with me to have a discussion with. So, you know anything goes yeah it really does (laughs) okay cool
1: well if we just stuck to people then I would definitely have the Sufi poet Rumi Mm -hmm. I'm sure I feel like almost everyone knows Rumi but honestly his perspective and I mean the Sufi perspective on the divine and and love is just so beautiful um I was reading like his poems can bring me to tears and it's just amazing because um, you realize that like the divine is within you or that's like the message of Sufism anyway. It's like God is within you and all around you at every time. And like, you're never lost. You have like infinite value because you are also God. And so it's, you know, down the religious path, but I, I believe in all like I see benefits to all religions and, um, but anyways, Sufi just, um, Sufism and Rumi really speak to my heart. So, yeah. And then I would have David Anborough because I just love the planet earth series and he is just an incredible, incredible human being that has driven so much positive change in the world or just so much awareness about our planet. And, um, I would just watch that documentary for hours because it's like, the earth is so beautiful and fascinating. So okay. yeah. And then the last one is Gabby Bernstein. I know
0: Gabby Bernstein. She's yeah, awesome.
1: badass female, um, oh, <laughs> female time coach and like yes. spiritual guru. And yeah, I really, I love her outlook and her personality. And I really enjoyed the book, You Are the Guru. Um, And I just think her journey was Kind of similar to mine, like she was partying a lot, saw a therapist, and um her life changed after that. And I would just love to have the three of us at a table and talk about how we could change the world. So,
0: Oh, I love that. That sounds and, like an awesome dinner party. Yeah. I, I have to ask though, I <laughs> when I told you that they don't have to be people, your face sort of lit up and you're like, Oh wait, yeah. what do you have? Do you have, I mean, you don't have to, but do you have anything in mind that, that kind of made you be like, Whoa, or is it one of those things you're like, well, now I'd really have to think about
1: that. Oh no, I was just, well, so this could just totally throw me off
0: the grid, but no,
1: that's <laughs> okay. I am wrong because that. I'm just going to be myself, but, um, I've read a lot of research on aliens and mm-hmm. totally believe that they're a real thing. There was another book I read called, um, the law or no, the book of raw. And basically it's about these people that document like their conversation with this alien. Um, it sounds crazy. Cause it kind of is, but anyways,
0: it, it, I, I was going to say, it doesn't sound crazy to me, Yeah. but the thing is <laughs> the crazy part of it is what sounds yeah. right. Yeah. You know, that's what makes it almost more crazy. You're like, but is it crazy? No, but is it? But no. Yeah, I know. I totally get that. Oh, so
1: I was like, well, then I would have like the raw alien or like, um, raw and the, his alien friends because, or it's alien friends uh, mm-hmm. of the sixth dimension because, a lot of what was in that book, it was very interesting because it talked about religion and spirituality and none of it was like, um, there wasn't any like sense of danger or the messages were all pure. I want to mm-hmm. say like, yeah, you know, uh, humans are like, everyone has free will. What, like the best thing that you guys can do is just meditate and get in touch with yourselves and realize that like God is all around you. And it was just like, mm-hmm. I don't know so the the message that was in that book resonated with me and then after hearing about all these like UFO sightings and just people that see aliens and government cover-ups which we all know there is conspiracy theories out there but also like news reports from people in the CIA that like have retired and they're like yeah we saw aliens and you know, you right. have those, so like, well, it well, totally. would be kind of interesting to throw an alien in there.
0: <laughs> I mean, it would. I think yeah. that would be, again, I mean, your dinner party sounds awesome as it is, but hey, the alien. Sure. That would like completely. That would be fascinating. Yeah. Listen, I, I say it a lot, but I'm going to say it again. I would love to be a fly on a wall of that dinner party. It would be yeah. fascinating. <laughs> and I would just be like taking notes, like, okay, they don't know I'm here. I'm know, some right? notes. They can't see me or I'm about to get swatted, but I'm going to take my notes anyway. Yeah. I think that's super cool. I, I, love, I just think it's such a, a fascinating thing to to take the time to think about, oh, if I had this opportunity, who would I want to sit with? Yeah. And especially when I like limit it to three, that makes it so much harder. I realize, but at the same time, gosh, it really, I don't know, for me, I just enjoy it because personally, when I've had to answer that question, I'm yeah, like, would you I get excited. <laughs> oh gosh. Well, the first time when I answered that question, I, I definitely put a dragonfly on there. Cause I, I love dragonflies. I think they're fascinating creatures. They're beautiful. They're interesting, but so yeah, I probably would have a dragonfly be like at the head of the table. Right. Oh, there's so many. I uh, truthfully, I probably have someone from Fraggle Rock at my table to ask them all about this weird world that they live in because, you know, Fraggle Rock, Fraggle Rock is from my childhood and it, what is Fraggle Rock from. Oh, my God. i sorry. I'm like, oh, so you're bad. freaking my heart. I know Fraggle then. Rock. Okay. <laughs> Fraggle Rock was a show in the 80s. Um. They it was a Jim Henson show. So the Fraggles, what they're called, are Muppets essentially. Um, but they're a specific um type of creature. They live they live underground? I can't quite remember the details. And it wasn't just the fraggles, they had all these other creatures I'm I'm so not explaining this well. So anyone listening is going to be like, "This sounds stupid." It's not awesome. (laughs) It's you. You have to check it out. I mean, it'll make you feel like a kid. Again, this was from my childhood. It was like 1985 or something, and you know, I I was a child in the 80s. So there are a lot of things in the 80s that I'm like, "Bring it back." Yeah, Fraggle Rock is one of the best shows ever made. I'm just saying it was on HBO. I don't know if that helps, but I would, I would probably, I I can't remember all of their names, unfortunately, because, well, it was a long time ago, (laughs) (laughs) but I would, I would probably have one of the fraggles on, uh, at my dinner party, dragonfly, a fraggle, and honestly, I'm not really sure off the top of my head, who would that third person be? I know who it would be, and this is going to sound really weird, and I'll explain. It would be River Phoenix.
1: Oh, cool! I had him at my dinner table. with him.
0: Oh yeah, man! Yeah. I had loved him. Like <laughs> I thought I was going to marry him, but yeah. you know, I was, <laughs> I was thirteen when he died, so it wasn't yeah. like I ever would have had a chance anyway. Even if he lived, but he was such a fascinating person to me, and he was so intriguing. And in you no, know, not just the way he acted, and not just because he was such a beautiful person, but his in his younger years, not. Not when he was a little older because things changed a bit for him, but he, he just had this really interesting view on the world and life. And it it kind of made me feel not so weird having those kinds of views about the world that he had. So I'd probably resurrect him and have him at my dinner table and sit there. I'd probably be like this. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I just stare at him like, you're so beautiful. Yeah. Are you talking? <laughs> Okay, dragonfly, hush up. Yeah. We're talking now. You know, that's probably what happened. But truthfully, I think those would be my three guests at my very strange, you know, partially human, partially not human dinner party.
1: I think it's super cool. Weird one. Yeah. yeah.
0: I, but, and that's exactly why I love asking that because I think it's really interesting to give you the opportunity to think, okay, human, not human combination. Who would it be? Hmm. And it changes. You know, tomorrow you might have three different guests that you would want to have. Or not, you know, yeah. I mean, I, I recently had a guest. A lot of the time I give people those two questions and I give them at the same time. And I say, answer in any order. And a lot of the time, you know, cause sometimes you might have the same three people. And most of the time I don't, but I had someone a couple of weeks ago and she told me her three people and they were all people that she knew that she was close with. And those were the same three people, her three influential people or the same three people she would have at her dinner party. And I was really, oh. Really fascinated by that. I thought yeah. that was really really cool. That is cool. So I love. That. Anyway, <laughs> I, I just it's just so much fun having these conversations. Um, so my last question for you, Natalie, is where can our listeners connect with you, learn more about you, the work that you do, and and all of the wonderful things that you have to bring to this world?
1: Yeah, you can just find me on Instagram. <laughs> Instagram, have- I love Instagram. Yep. So my handle is. It's Natalie Hope. So, um, I guess my my first and middle name.
0: I love it. I love that middle name. Hope thank you That's such a great one. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, cool. Well, Natalie, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today and, and really educate us about anxiety and the fact that you don't have to live with this. A lot of the time I call it the anxiety monster because that's what it feels like a lot of the time. And, and also really not just that educating us about taking care of this beautiful world and being a part of it and connecting to it. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here and talking to me and educating me. I appreciate it so
1: much for having me. This is so much fun.